Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at fresh allegations about the scale and scope of the Danske Bank money laundering scandal. We open with a clip from whistleblower Howard Wilkinson. Not to spend too much time on this chart, but you can see there's 10 banks, 10 banks there. I think how many countries have we got? Russia, Lithuania, Estonia, Denmark, US. We've got European subsidiaries. There's a lot of countries involved. And in the case of this Danske Bank uh, money laundering scandal, they all failed. It's not just Estonia and not just Denmark. Every single one of those banks had an obligation to check the money that was going through them, and every single one of them failed. I think it's important to remember that we're not just talking about dirty money going through Danske Estonia. There are two other Danske units involved, Lithuania and Denmark. And I think very important is to look on the far end. No one really knows where any of this money went. All we know is that the last people to see it were these three banks in the US. They're the last, the last check. And when that failed, the money was into the global financial system. It was clean. It was free. Howard Wilkinson, the whistleblower at the heart of the Danske Bank scandal, has been giving evidence to the Danish parliament and it's rather blown the lid open on this whole thing. A couple of very big revelations. Richard, tell us exactly what struck you. Yeah, well, it was an extremely interesting performance from him. He was the whistleblower who warned in four occasions on 2013 and 2014 Danske Bank. And what he's said in the parliament, he's really taken aim at just about everybody involved in the affair. He's been very critical of Danske Bank and its management. He's taken a big shot at Danish regulators. But I think the biggest headline really is that he looked at the three correspondent banks that helped Danske process the money out of its Estonian branch. And in particular, he reserved perhaps his biggest revelation for Deutsche Bank saying that as much as $150 billion of the $230 billion that flowed through Danske Bank's Estonian branch and its non-resident portfolio actually left through Deutsche Bank. Now, Deutsche aren't commenting on this at all, but it's huge news. Let's remind our listeners and put this in context. This is one of the biggest money laundering scandals that the world has ever seen. And it bizarrely, as you suggest there, came through the Estonian branch, normally a fairly small outfit of Danske Bank. A large portion of this money originated in Russia or the Russian region. Tell us where this money emanated from, in what ways it was illicit, and the role that these correspondent banks, the kind of partner banks of Danske, played in the whole affair. Well, one of the big uncertainties still about this, uh, despite the fact how huge it is, is we don't really know where the money comes from and where it goes. We have three schemes that we know are connected to Danske Bank. They're known as the Russian laundromat, the Azeri laundromat, and then the fraud that was uncovered by uh, Sergei Magnitsky. Now, these are all ways of allegedly moving illegal proceeds through the banking system. But one of the issues with money laundering is that people try to make it as hard as possible to discover exactly where the money comes from and where it goes. But in order to move this money, Danske doesn't have, didn't have a US banking license. So it required other banks to process from euros into dollars, typically. And so it 
used correspondent banks. For most of the scandal, they were JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank. JP Morgan drops out first in 2013 as it becomes uncomfortable about the exposure. It's replaced by Bank of America for two years and Deutsche Bank remains until 2015 when it also terminates its relationship because of worries about this. Now, all three have been drawn into the scandal already. We've established that Deutsche and Bank of America have been asked by the US Department of Justice for information in its probe into Danske, and it's also asked questions about JP Morgan's role. So this really adds up to something that goes beyond Danske, and Mr. Wilkinson also hinted at that, that all this money came from other banks and, and it goes to other banks. So Danske is an extremely important link, but it's just sort of one link in the chain. Well, let's listen to what Mr. Wilkinson had to say. Now, I joined the old Sampo Bank a few months before Danske Bank acquired it. Both large bank, US Bank One and the US subsidiary, both of them had dollar accounts open at the time. So look, we've got 2013. That's seven years at least, because I actually don't know how long they had them before. After seven years, this US bank decides that maybe it doesn't kind of want the account anymore. But it doesn't just close it. No, we read in the report that they kindly asked them, kindly, would you, would you mind just closing it? And so the bank actually wrote and said, we've decided that we want to close our account. Yeah, you've got all this, all this money going through, and that's, well, that's apparently what happened. And it took seven years. Still. That's better than the US subsidiary of the European Bank because they were the last to go. They went right through till 2015, at least nine years. Now, this was the major correspondent bank for dollars. So if we're talking about this $230 billion number of suspicious funds, I would guess that $150 billion went through this particular bank in the US. And they were the last one to go. It took them until 2015, at least nine years. And there was one other US bank which got involved when the first one, um, the, the accounts were closed down, um, and it went for two years, and after two years it realised it didn't like the business that was going through. Still took two years, though. So, Richard, sum up where you think this is going from here. As you say, there's lots of stuff we don't know yet, but what we do know, obviously, is that three international banks have been dragged into this beyond Danske, principally Deutsche, after so many years of scandal more broadly post the financial crisis, this is clearly the last thing Deutsche needs for two big US banks to get dragged into it as well will be nightmarish. And given the scale of the whole scandal, $230 billion right across the board, this could lead, if people are found guilty of wrongdoing, to pretty substantial penalties, couldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, so much, as you say, remains to be uncovered. So we don't want to jump the gun here. But I think when you see what is basically the largest case of money laundering ever uncovered, we know the US authorities are criminally investigating Danske. I think there is a potential and certainly analysts and investors agree with this for multi-billion dollar fines of Danske that's possible. And I think the US authorities you know, once they get interested in something, they're like a dog with a bone. They tend to worry away at it. So, you know, I think there's dangers for others as well. Well, certainly dangers for bank investors yet again. So we'll keep a very close eye on this. Thank you very much, Richard, for joining us. 
That was Richard Milne talking to our financial editor, Patrick Jenkins. And don't forget you can hear more banking stories in our Banking Weekly podcast that comes out every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer.